Amen. Great to be here today. Hope you're having a great weekend. Hurts my feelings a little as the teens leave. Was it something I said already? Chris said, yeah, we'll be in there this week as he leads them out. Cut me deep. Hope you're having a great weekend, and uh, it is great to be together today. It was exciting. Uh, there had to be at least 50 people at the baptism yesterday. That was amazing. I, I think the sharing could have gone another two hours. I'm sure there was people who left offended they didn't get to share, but um, you could share today, and it will still be meaningful. Uh, go ahead and turn your Bibles over to Isaiah chapter 49. It is great to be back together as a church. Uh, the men, we had an amazing men's retreat last weekend. Um, we look forward to going up there every year. You know, you can always count on somebody snoring at a level you can't believe. You can always count on getting more grateful for the food you have back at home. Um, and you can always count on hearing amazing lessons. Uh, Reese Nealon came up and taught a series of lessons on the book of Daniel, focusing on integrity. It was amazing, and it inspired a lot of great talks. You know, when you go up there and you got three days, and there's nowhere to go, except for a few brothers, Uh-oh. Mike Blanda and company <laughs> decided this food is not good enough for us. While all the brothers sit and eat the cafeteria food, we're going out to dinner. I told him it was a black mark against him for the rest of his life in my eyes. But we had an amazing time. And uh, it, it really was, I know for me it was refreshing. And I know for so many of us it was just such a refreshing spiritual time. You get to walk out in the woods, have some good prayers, have some great talks, get some things off your chest. And it was a great time. Um, but this morning we're going to continue on our series, the Two Small Series, Really with the focus that we want to see that God has greater things in mind for us. Because yeah. I know for me it's so easy to lower expectations. You know, things don't go the way you hope they would. Oh, let's lower expectations. You're not feeling so good about something. Let's pull back. And yet I know God's uh, view for us and His desire for us is to continue to take things higher. Because he has prepared even greater things for us to do. In Isaiah 49, verse 6, it says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. So even for Jesus... God was like, you know, just restoring Israel isn't enough. It's too small. I have greater things in mind for you. His, 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 in mind for Jesus, he had restoring everything. Restoring all people, not just the Jews, but the Gentiles as well. And God brings that same mindset to our lives. That not to, to see things too small, but to take things to greater heights. The title of the message today is Kings Will Rise Up. And as we continue on in verse 7, it says, This is what the Lord says, the Redeemer and Holy One of Israel. To him who was, who was despised and abhorred by the nation, to the servant of rulers, 
Kings will see you and stand up. Princes will see and bow down because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. You know, it starts out saying, hey, Jesus was despised. And on a side note, knowing that Jesus was despised, we just got to know we will be despised at different times. People aren't always going to be like, oh, you're a Christian? That's so great. That's awesome. Neat. So anyway, you know, there's times where people just aren't going to be happy with the fact that you're a Christian. Sometimes other Christians aren't happy with you when you're acting like a Christian and maybe lovingly letting them know something they might want to work on. But we will be despised at times. But the second thing we see in this passage is Jesus also inspires. It says that kings will see Jesus and stand up. Princes will see him and bow down. Jesus inspires us to rise up and be greater. You know, peop, we will, it says when we see Jesus, we will rise up. We will get up and we will overcome. Maybe we need to overcome selfishness. Maybe we're just, we focus just on our career. Maybe we need to overcome peer pressure and living for what others think. Maybe we need to overcome laziness right now. That life is just about being at home, TV, internet. Maybe we need to overcome fear. We're frozen by what others think. Maybe we need to overcome comfort where we, where we have find, found a liking to the path of least resistance and avoiding conflict. But it says here in this passage that we will rise up and we will do great things. But it doesn't say we'll do great things because we're great. It says we will do great things because of the Lord who is faithful. That is our hope right there. That the Lord is faithful. That we know, hey, I can do things God's way and He will always be there for me. Yeah. That's, that's one of the hardest things in life. When you're going to take a stand and you're like trying to figure out, is anybody with me? You know? Or, or another disappointing thing can be when you, when you make a decision and everybody says they're with you and then you go and all of a sudden you turn around and everybody's gone. You know, that can be very disconcerting. It's getting hot in here. Come on! Woo! But when we, you know, real, knowing that God is behind us, we can do anything. You know, even before I was a Christian, I realized that when you have other people with you, you can do anything. When I was, uh, when I was learning how to surf down in Orange County, and when you're learning how to surf, it's like learning how to drive without brakes. <laughs> I was learning how to surf down in Orange County where there are just thousands and thousands and thousands of surfers. Like up here, you could, you could go out surfing, and I could be sitting on my surfboard right now, and to that wall and that wall, there'd be nobody. Down in Orange County, if I'm on my board, this is somebody next to me. And this is somebody, I mean, it is crowded. And... But when I was learning how to, how to surf, I had a, a group of about six buddies, seven buddies, who were all good surfers. And I always went with them. Now, they did mock me a little bit. They started me out with a green wetsuit and a green surfboard, and they called me Frogger. But I, I trusted it was out of love. But when I was learning how to surf, 
you know, you're clueless because part of surfing is you paddle, you get the wave, and depending on the way the wave is going, you have a right away. If the white water is on this side of me coming towards me, if I'm going this way, if there's somebody behind me, I'm supposed to get off the wave for them. If there's nobody, then it's my wave and people are supposed to get out of my way. But when you're learning how to surf, you're just trying to figure out how to make that board move and get up. And I remember being out in Newport Beach one day, and I started cutting people off, and people started yelling at me. But I knew my buddies were with me, so I was like, you be quiet. You get out of here. You're a kook. I'm not a kook. You're, you beat it. Beat it. And they started paddling towards me, and then all my buddies paddled over, who were known in the area. And those guys paddled off. Why? Because my buddies were faithful, and I knew, hey, I'm okay. Well, how much greater is it when you know, hey, God is faithful to us? You realize, I can do anything. God will always be faithful to me. I can dare to live for him, and he'll stick with me. I can dare to not join in in what the world says I should be doing at this point in my life. And God will be with me. I can overcome an alarm. Because God is faithful. And when we, when we see God's faith and we go, hey, I want to rise up, that's when we start taking on some of the giants in this world. I want to focus on a few of them this morning. One, spiritual emptiness. Two, self-serving leadership. And three, broken families. The first, the first giant we can go after is spiritual emptiness. How do we do that? By promoting reconciliation. In 1 Timothy 2, verse 4, I'll read it to you. You can, we'll go to the next scripture, I'll read this one. It says, God wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. 1 Timothy 2, 4. You're welcome, buddy. I saw that look. I know that look well. God's heart is for all men to know Him and be saved. That is the desire of God's heart. And really, because that's God's heart, that needs to be our heart. And to do that, we have to make the hard decision to not play the nicety game. You know what I mean? See your neighbors. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? Wonderful. Take care. Take care. You know, you go to work. How are you? Fantastic. How are you? Super. Great. See you later, bud. You know, that nicety game... And it's comfortable, you know? And everybody plays it. Like, you know, everybody says, how are you? But nobody really wants to know. It's just kind of, you know, I guess it's California instead of high. You say, hey, how are you? But nobody really wants to answer that question. And if you step outside of that, you're out of of the comfort zone. You've kind of stepping out of the game. But that's what it takes to, to really dream God's dream, that men know Him and are saved. You know, we have to break... The silence. It, it, is there anything more uncomfortable than breaking the silence? I mean, it is so awkward. Because wherever you are, there is a focus that has nothing to do with God. Right. You know, my son is wrestling. And, you know, I, I'm really, you know, it's really one of my goals that whatever my kids are into, that I take advantage and share my faith. But every season, no matter what it is, it does not get any easier. 
And wrestling has been even harder because there's more of a macho element to it. So you're at these wrestling practices where they're just like, you know, the, the boys are, you know, and, and there's some girls in there wrestling too, and they're just getting after it. And you got dads who they're convinced their seven-year-old is the next, you know, Olympic champion. And, you know, they're, come on, boy, come on. And, you know, I'm getting to know everybody. But, man, there is one focus in there. Like, nobody even talks about work in there. It's about wrestling. Yeah, my son needs to work on that, man. He needs to get that. He needs to get that. And then you go to these wrestling tournaments. You know, we had one yesterday. And everybody's walking around all macho. You know, all these guys have these shirts, you know, like, kill or be killed. And, you know, they're all, you know, they all bought, you know, extra small. I try to break the ice. I go in with flip-flops on my surf shirt. What's up, bro? You know, because they're like, tear a phone book. You know, their kids have on shirts, you know. I'm going to pin you because I work harder than you. And, you know, they all got mohawks. And, and you're like, oh, so, uh, yeah, so you, you're looking for a way in. Hmm. So finally, think for Easter, I was like, Jake, we're just going to go for it. We're going to wrestling practice, and we're just going to start inviting people. And you walk in, and you're thinking, okay, because we made this decision today, it'll just magically be you know, like, today will be the day where people just make, hey, do you know of a good church? You know, like, hey, do you know of a good church? Yeah. Didn't happen. And I'm looking for that in, and it's not there. And I'm like, all right, well, I know this is important to God, and this is supposed to be part of my life. So trying to be cool, tough, but meek, and invite people to church. And we start talking to guys, and nah, I'm cool, man. Next guy, oh, we got our own thing. Here, take your invitation back. I'm like, ooh, okay. <laughs> Give it to somebody else. All right, and I'm going to be seeing you for months. Great. <laughs> but then we met this one guy, and he's like, where's your church? And I said, well, we used to be in Camarillo at, you know, there forever. Now we're up here. He's like, really? So my wife and I and our, took our family to every church in Camarillo, and we just couldn't find a church. He's like, but we, I don't know why, we never found your church. I'm like, well, great, now's the time to do it, you know, but it, you know, it, it didn't happen because I was great, it happened because, you know, God says there's people like that wherever we go, but it's just getting, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's caring more about what's important to God than our comfort, which is difficult, you know, for me, you know, it's uncomfortable, you know, but you could be, you know, you could be, you know, could be whatever. No matter what, there's that uncomfortability. Go to Romans chapter 10. Verse 14. It says, Romans 10, verse 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You know, guys, we must go out. Just because we live in America and everybody's heard of God doesn't mean they know the truth. I meet people all the time, they've never opened a Bible in their life. They, they don't know. They, they are the scripture. They do not know. You know, at work, people need to know who we are. Yeah. 
you know. Rather, it's inviting them to church or when it's they go, how was your weekend? Share what you really did, you know. Hey, man, I went to church. We had a great, we, it was a great service. I had some good talks. and You know, who cares if they think you're a little weird? You're sharing your faith. That's right. Amen. At school, people got to know there's another hope. Because, you know, you go through school. I remember being in high school, and they said, just get to college. Right. And, and that's, your life is made. And then I got to college, and I was like, this is it? <laughs> and for a couple years, I wandered until, you know, I had a rowdy wandering until I found, oh, there is, there is another hope. In your neighborhood, they got to see the lights, you know? I was out on a walk this morning with my son. I always like to go on a nice long prayer walk in the fields. We come around and my neighbor's like, hey, what are you guys doing? I just felt so tempted to go, oh, we're just out on a nice little walk. Oh, cool. I go, yeah, we we're just out, you know, went out and do some praying. He's like, huh. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> your extended family, sports, the park, big five, one of the most uncomfortable places to share your faith. Because in Camarillo, you can hear crickets in there. Every time I go in there, it's just like the, the people who work there and nobody else. And, you know, I'm going to share with this person, and the person in the back's going to hear it, you know. And instead of seeing it as a positive, it feels like a negative. You know, it was awesome to see Robbie baptized yesterday. It's because people kept going to her. And now her name's written in the book of life. But part of the scripture means we also need to send help. We need to help abroad. That's why we do special contribution. Right. You know, the, the Nordic countries, they're rich, but they do not believe in God. You know, God is a bad word there. So even though they're rich, we still got to send people there, and we got to keep funding them. And we, that's why we give our special contribution, to live out this scripture. And, and we send people to the Baltics where they're not rich as well. And we also, part of our special contribution this year is going to go to help Santa Barbara. You know, Santa Barbara is a hub of people at a crossroads of their life. Yeah. So many college students become Christians up there. Yeah. People who drive around in convertibles with bumper stickers that say, God bless the freaks and have tongue, ring, tongue rings. They become Christians, get married, and have families, huh, Katie? Hey. You know what? You live wild before, you live rowdy for God like Katie. I love it. You know, guys, let's get behind special. It matters. It makes a difference. My second point. We got we to gotta take on the giant of self-serving leadership. How do we do that? We make servant leaders. Go to John 13. You know, in the world... Leading is about getting yourself honor, getting ahead, and getting special perks. I understand that well. I was student body president of my high school, and it was about me. You know, uh, I miss, my senior year, I missed class all the time. And I could go to the teacher in charge of student government, and she would always send, sign my slip. No problem, honey. You're excused. Oh, thank you. She never even asked where I was. No problem. <laughs> No problem, sweetie. There you go. Thank you, Miss Harris. Hey, Miss Harris, I didn't even have to ask anymore. She'd just see me. Okay. How long am I okaying for? Ah, you know, two hours. Okay. I loved it. You know, 
uh, I, I, this company came and they said, if you'll tell the students to use us for the senior trip to Cancun, we'll give you a free trip. Where do I sign? Great, you know, yeah. Hey, whatever I can get, you know. It was just about me. That's what leadership in the world is. What can you get? What do you need? How can you promote yourself? You know, it was funny. I, I almost started a riot at my school because at homecoming, the seniors would always win the best float, and you'd announce it in the assembly. Well, all of our seniors aided, fell asleep on the float. During the night, they are supposed to build the float. They got focused on other things. They fell asleep. They brought an empty wagon to school. So we got last place. I wasn't going to have that, so I said, I'll make the announcement. Third place, you know, the sophomores. Second place, the freshmen. And I go, the winner of this year's float contest, there's like 2,500 people in the gym. The seniors. The juniors robbed it, run down. There's, there's about to be a huge brawl in our school. I didn't care, you know, because it was just, what can I get? How can I promote myself? But when we look in John 13, we see that leadership is to be another way. John 13, verse 14. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. You know, in the church, we're all supposed to be different. Amen. It, we're not supposed to be like the world. In the church, we're supposed to think about each other. We're supposed to serve each other. We're supposed to help each other. You know, it says in Ephesians 4 verse 15 that we're supposed to speak the truth in love to each other. And it actually says that's how we grow spiritually. By speaking the truth in love. By thinking about each other and not just ourselves. And one area I really want to continue, encourage us to continue to grow in as a church is none of us like conflict. We all like comfort. And it's tempting to create an environment where you're like, you're okay, and I'm okay. You're good, I'm good. See you later, bud. But we have to speak the truth in love, and, and write it down, Ephesians 4.15, so people can grow. Yeah. You know, I help people by telling them the truth gently and lovingly. And people need to do the same for me. Amen. You know, I can't grow. If I hurt your feelings and you don't talk to me, I can't grow. If I do something and it has a negative effect, I can't change unless you talk to me. You know, every leader in the church needs this. We all need this in the church. But everybody who's a Bible talk leader, Gio and Karen, everybody, we need you to love us enough and to live out the, value the scriptures enough that if we do something, you talk to us. You don't go, well, that person did this, so I'm going to go talk to this person and tell them. You know, we live it out. We all need this. You know, if I, if I, I need, we all need to love God and each other enough to speak up. Because when we do not, Satan wins and the church suffers. I understand it's tempting. I grew up in churches where nobody said anything to anybody ever. And it was a very nice environment. We had punch and cookies after every service. <laughs> and the minister shook the hand of every person before they left the building. Nobody ever 
pulled somebody aside and said, hey, you know, uh, you know it doesn't mean you go, <laughs> controlled. Just because I feel it doesn't mean I can say it the way I feel it. Controlled. Helpful. It says I'm supposed to have a mindset of being helpful. But by pulling each other aside and helping each other, that's how we grow. And I understand, you know, that doesn't always make church your favorite place to be. But that's what God's church is. We actually, we help each other. And we, you know, we're, we mature in how we help each other, but we help each other. The third giant is broken families. Sad reality of this world. How do we go after that? We help raise the next generation. Matthew 9, verse 37. You know, it takes a church to raise a child. And sometimes we can feel like, well, if they're not my kids, then I, 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 I shouldn't have anything to do with them. Matthew 9, verse 37, Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. God is sending us out to go help. And one of the areas we got to help is in the church. we got to help each other raise each other's kids. You know, singles, your, your friendship with one of the kids could be the difference between them making it or not. I know the temptation can be like, well, I'm a single, I'm not married, I don't have kids. But you can still have a great impact. You could shoot hoops with a kid for five minutes or, you know, talk to a little girl for a couple minutes. And then every time they come to church, they're excited to see you and they feel like they can trust you. And then when they get older and they go, well, I don't really want to talk to mom and dad about this. And they go find you and go, hey, could you help me with this? You change your life forever. Young married. Sometimes you can feel like, well, I'm married, but I don't have kids yet, so I I, I shouldn't do anything. The kids need you. The parents need you. Just because you're not married with kids don't, doesn't mean if you're around me, you're, you're going to see things that I'm doing that I shouldn't be. Amen. And I need you, and my kids need you to go, hey, um, this kind of doesn't seem right. You know, a huge mistake some of us can make is we can get into a mode where we can go, well, your kids aren't as old as mine, so I'm not going to listen to you. Or you don't have kids, so I'm not going to listen to you. Huge mistake. Amen. We all have insights. I might not understand the practicals of your kids at your age, but if I, if I see something, it could still very well be valid. Mm. That's right. You know, campus teens, be an example. Interact with the kids. Yeah. They look to you. Yeah. They look to you, and they're like, oh, cool, fun. And you're their examples of, hey, you can be in college and have fun and be godly. Because yeah. there's not a lot of those examples. Mm-hmm. Most of the examples see a whole nother description of how to have fun in college. You guys, they look to you. Embrace it. You know, the call is is to rise up. And we do it because of Jesus. Because He's faithful. And He will always be faithful. What is our response to the message this morning? Answer God's call to rise up. Eliminate any distractions. We all have them. Eliminate them. And take one step. Every person here heard one thing today that you go, I could work on that. Or I want to go higher in this area. Or I want to change. Just pick one thing. You leave here today, you pick one thing. You're a king rising up as God envisions it. Amen. Amen. Amen.